This is The Mindful and the Messy with Roxy and Sarah. Welcome to The Mindful and the Messy, honest, real-life chats on living and loving our lives. Welcome back to The Mindful and the Messy. And what is our topic today, Sarah? So we are talking about wildlife and wine, um, mostly South Africa and both things. There's plenty of both of those things in <laughs> South Africa. So <laughs> that's where that came from. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I love this topic. I'm so keen. <laughs> so I will not be drinking during this episode because it's like 10 a.m. in Australia at the moment. But Sarah, being yeah. the legend she is, is going to drink some South African wine while we do this episode. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm drinking Arabella. Mm. So it is a South African wine, like Ropsy said. And it was my wine of not really choice. I think it was one of the only wines we had available at the lodge, but it's how I got my nickname in South Africa, Sarabella. So when I found this wine here in Canada, it's like, perfect. This is what I need to drink. So good. <laughs> Does it taste as good as you remember or not? No, not at all. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, maybe it was a cheap wine. Maybe that was another reason it was my wine of choice. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And it was also like, you just, limited choices so we just yeah it was good it was good at the time but exactly if, yeah exactly if you guys are at home listening and you're of the legal drinking age feel free to drink along during this episode it's going to be a fun one so we have a little bit of like a, a drinking game to go with this episode um we're only encouraging responsible drinking of course so some of the rules that we have to play this game is just to take a sip of whatever beverage you're having anytime that one of us says, that's crazy, because we know, <laughs> I know I say it way too much. If I, Roxy, says 100%, Sarah talks about leopards or lions, one Uh-oh. of us, yeah, <laughs> if one of us swears, um, and if one of us says absolutely, Mm, those are good literally it's going to be the whole episode so yeah yeah, get ready guys if you're if you're brave enough to do this (laughs) okay so let's just quickly dive into what what made you want to go to South Africa like where did that start from for me it started when I was a kid Mm. um I don't remember why South Africa specifically really I just always felt called to going to Africa I know I wrote it in my journal when I was really young or I had cut out a picture of wildlife in Africa and said, when I grow up, I want to go to Africa and help animals. So it was definitely always there. Um, And I can't, I don't really know why else other than that. I've just always loved wildlife and South Africa has some epic wildlife, epic landscapes. You know, they've got the ocean, the savannah, all of it. So I think it just ticked a lot of boxes for me in that regard. Mm. Yeah, me too, for sure. Yeah, the same thing pretty much. And I don't I think we may have mentioned it before in an episode, but me and Sarah, how we met was um, working in South Africa together in a conservation, like, tourism lodge. Um, and we had some very fun times. So we're going to be talking a lot about our different wildlife encounters and stories 
in South Africa. And then I know a lot of you, um, we asked on Instagram if you had also had any crazy wildlife encounters. Um, for those who are paying attention, you have to take a sip because I just said crazy. Um, <laughs> um, and so a lot of you submitted some stuff about your story. So we're also going to um, talk about them because, yeah, they're a bit insane. So let's get into it, Sarah. Why don't you start off with what's one of your favorite wildlife encounter stories that you want to talk about? Yeah, well... I think one of the first ones I always think about when I'm talking about these epic wildlife encounters is one that I had with elephants. Mm. Um, And actually, I asked a question on my Instagram what everyone's favorite animal was. And a lot of people said elephants. Mm. And I know, actually, Roxy, that's your favorite animal, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, they are amazing animals. Like, I know you'll agree with this. When you look in an elephant's eyes, you just Mm. see how wise they are. They are so intelligent, so social, so motherly. Mm. Um, But they're also really scary. Yes. (laughs) They can be because they're so big, obviously. And a lot of my encounters that have felt the craziest or the, like, made my heart skip a beat the most have been with elephants. Yeah. For sure. Um, nothing makes you feel smaller than having yeah. a close-up encounter with an elephant. <laughs> I, yeah, I imagine. And the thing is, as I reckon that some people, they look at elephants and because they're so like, well, they appear slow and gentle and they're beautiful mm-hmm. and they're wise, people probably maybe think that they're not dangerous. Whereas yeah. like, if you piss one off, they're going to squish you. Like, they're huge. Oh, yeah. Like, huge. So yeah, tell us. I'm King, tell us, tell us what happened. <laughs> okay, so this one story that I always think about happened when we were on foot. So we were walking, we weren't in the vehicle, um, and we were actually tracking this elephant herd because we wanted to get IDs on them. And you can ID elephants from their ears and the different notches and their tusks. And uh, so, yeah, we wanted to ID this herd, and we were hoping to get an encounter on foot. We had a guide who was able to do that on foot um and we but we were hoping to keep like a good distance from them obviously Mm. while we got photos and stuff uh but we ended up pretty close so we came across the herd and he immediately told us to crouch down and get to the low to the earth and this entire herd so all the mamas and babies and sub adults and all of that they all came walking. They sniffed, they could sniff where we were. Mm. And they all came walking around right in front of us. Like they were maybe, I think like 10 meters away. Like they were super close. And all the, the um, what's the term for it? The mothers, the matriarch. Yeah. yeah, the matriarch and the, the other females, adult females. They made like a wall oh, right in front shit. of us. And all of the young ones like went behind them in this sort of circle protecting them. And these females all just stood right in front of us with their ears out, like making this, you know, shield, this protective shield, um, and were sniffing us out. So we were so close. We were right there. They were literally smelling us. And when there's that many elephants, like around 20 elephants, (laughs) a little bigger than you and you know, you just like real, it really puts you in your place. And so we just sat there and 
we're silent and in my head I'm just throwing things at them through my mind like Mm. we're just here to enjoy you like we're not a threat it'll be okay you know and eventually they did just turn around and headed off in the direction they were going didn't pay us any attention um after that and it was one of those moments that it, we were all so excited, like, holy shit, we just, oh, there's the swear. Yep. Drink. <laughs> we just saw, like, elephants that close, and it was such a magical experience. We're all vibing off of it. And then all of a sudden, we start hearing branches swinging, and our guide said, oh, everyone up. And sure enough, it was this male. Oh, so male elephants are huge, and mm. it was an adult male that was in musk. So he was ready to mate, Mm. um, high testosterone levels, and they can get kind of angry and moody when they're Mm. in this state. And he was just sniffing us, like coming for us, like knocking down branches. Um, He was coming pretty quick. So our guide was like, get up, we got to go. You never run, but we were walking very briskly trying Mm -hmm. to get back to the vehicle. And he was just following us, like sniffing us out, like, almost like hunting us, you know? Oh my God. Eventually our guide had us behind a tree and had to like slap his rifle just to get him to uh, back off. And he'd do that. And then we'd keep walking, keep walking, do it again, keep walking. And we did make it back to the vehicle. We were fine. Um, As soon as we got back there, our guide had to light up a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) I know he was stressed out and it was, I also was responsible for a lot of the people who were in that group. Mm. So I was also pretty stressed out. It was Mm. one of those encounters that was, you know, a little too close for comfort. We had the very magical part, but with the adult male, it was like, okay, this is a little too far. I don't want to get messed up by these elephants. (laughs) That's insane. Oh my God. I'm so glad you're still alive. That is crazy. (laughs) Oh, I said it again. So that's, that's insane because... Yeah, adult male in moss is, like, the most dangerous, really. Uh, or that and yeah. a mum elephant protecting its baby. You just don't want to cross them when they're like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it, it stands out in my mind for sure. It was definitely mm. one of the moments where my heart was beating really quickly. And, yeah, you just suddenly realize how vulnerable you actually are as a human. <laughs> wow. I think I'm going to bring up the story just while we're on the elephant stories. Um, So a girl called Mia told me about one of her stories to do with elephants as well. So I'm just going to read out what she said. So she said, I think she must have, yeah, it's in South Africa as well. I don't know if she was living there or just visiting. But she said, I was once, I was charged once in the car by a male in musk. So same thing. And we have a video where my whole family thought we were going to die. Lots of screaming, shouting, and crying. That's insane. So she was obviously in a car and it started charging her. And if you've seen elephants um, in the wild, you'll know how big they are. And they can flip a car just like it's nothing. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. And she said, the second time I nearly died was a couple of years ago when two Ellies (laughs) were playing and mock charging each other. Okay. One of the Ellie's started backing up and we were a fair distance away, so pretty safe. Except for the fact that the Ellie would not stop backing up and nearly sat on my head. We quickly scooted out of the way just in time. Oh, my God. So that's Mia's story. Wow. Thank God that the the elephant obviously wasn't even paying attention. (laughs) Yeah. 
But yeah, they're huge, huge animals. They're definitely my favorite, but it's like you have to have respect for them because they're just so huge and mm -hmm. they can they can change in a second. They're temp they're um yeah, they're yeah. Nudes. So yeah, you gotta be careful. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what about one of your stories, Roxy? Okay. What comes to mind for you? Let me look at my little list. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll do a shorter one. So in Africa was had some time off at, on the lodge. So I was like, I'm going to go for a run around the lodge. It's like still within the premises, but there was like, you remember that track that went around the outside of the lodge. And so I was like, I'm going to yeah. go for a run. First of all, I'm not a runner. I don't know what made me want to go for a run in like South African summer. But anyway... <laughs> Um, went for a run, had my headphones in and as I was running, I heard this, like this sound coming from the bushes and it just was like a little rustle. So I thought it was going to be like an impala, which is like an antelope species, which are like harmless. And so I stopped and turned to my left to see what I thought would be like an impala <laughs> and this baby Mozambique spinning cobra was just by the side of the path and full came up put its hood out or whatever it's called and was hissing and like moving its body. And I was so terrified and was like maybe, maybe a meter or two away from it, but we're like wow. pretty close to it. I had run past it. So I must've run past it and it would have been right on the path. It was like on the path next to me. So I would have just missed it, <laughs> like not paying attention yeah. and remembering my training. I just, didn't move because you're not supposed to run or anything like that. So I just stood still and it felt like it forever. It was just hissing at me and full up and everything like that. And then eventually it went back into the bush. And after I knew it was gone, I ran so fast back to the lodge. <laughs> <laughs> like if people don't know, that's one of the most dangerous yeah. snakes in Africa. Yeah. And so I, so that's <laughs> that's scary because at the time obviously I could tell it was cobra but I didn't know that it was Mo Mozambican spinning cobra and it wasn't until I got back to the lodge and and ID'd it from the color on its like underbelly and I was like fuck I was oh drink I was so <laughs> <laughs> I was so lucky that it didn't decide to spit in my eyes because like that's what they do they have like amazing aim and they spit their venom into your eyes. So, yeah, lucky. But yeah. it was an adrenaline rush for sure. <laughs> it's. I actually have a story about a Mozambique spinning cobra as well. Yes. Um, but what I want to say first yeah. is I'll get to my story. But sure. I think it's really cool how, like you said, you just remembered your training and stayed still. Yeah. Because that's the same thing that happened with me. Mm. And I think it really actually shows our instincts when yeah. things like this happen. Your instincts really do kick in. And it's like this physical body, very grounded knowledge that you don't even know you have. That is like, this is what you need to do. <laughs> I was so surprised. Said. I was so surprised that I actually stood still because I yeah. was like, I was, I was already running. So like it could yeah. have been in me to keep running, but I just stood still and I was like, even when it was gone, I remember walking like backwards. So like still facing where it was going and then right. ran away until I couldn't see it. But it was just like yeah. crazy that I remembered to not move. But yeah, 
It's yeah. pretty cool, actually. I love um, it. So what happened mm-hmm. with mine <laughs> is I, you remember we would do this thing called sundowners. Yes. Um, where we would go have gin and tonic every couple of weeks and watch the sunset. Yeah. So part of my role was to organize this sundowners. And I would have to go get the cooler ready and fill it up with um, drinks and stuff. So I was doing that the one day and I went into the kitchen to get everything in there and no one else was in the kitchen. So I just grabbed the cooler bag in the kitchen and I started walking and remembered I wanted to check something on a schedule or whatever. Mm. So I leaned over to look at this piece of paper and there was a Mozambique spinning cobra in the cooler and it fell out and like went on my leg and off my foot. Oh, I forgot and just about like, this. I, yeah, I dropped the cooler because I was so freaked out and it just went into the cooler but same thing is like I dropped the cooler because I was so shocked it literally fell on me but then I just stayed still and I didn't know it was a Mozambique spitting cobra at the time same thing but it was big it was dark and I was like that could be a black mamba or a Mozambique spitting cobra I'm not sure which one but I know like I need to stay still um And then I was kind of stuck in the kitchen because like the way I needed to go to get out, the cooler was right in front of me and I didn't want to piss it off even more. Mm. So I just like was like, anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Someone someone come help me. Eventually people came in and like were able to get it. Um, Some of like the certified snake handlers there, I was not one. And they released it and they're like, yep, that's a spinning cobra and it's pissed off. (laughs) Oh, that is... Oh my god, I would freak out. So it actually went on your body, like you felt it yeah, on your leg, like oh. on my leg and my foot. But oh. that's another thing I think that shows you. Like, yes, they're very dangerous, but also they no, are just yeah. as afraid of us. You know, yes. like they don't want to be fucked around either. Yeah. And so, if you just give them the space, most of the time, unless they're pissed off about something else, they're yeah. going to try and get away from you as well mm. um even though it literally fucking touched me sorry mm. I'm swearing a lot this is gonna be Guys, difficult you be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was it's pretty intense <laughs> mm. that's an, yeah oh I I would have I mean I love snakes I just don't particularly want a really deadly one on me <laughs> yeah I yeah, mean I yeah so the black mamba the one that um Sarah just mentioned that she thought it could have been as well they're so dangerous as well. Like you definitely do not want to be around one of those, but it's the thing mm-hmm. that you just said, like all these animals that we're talking about as well, I don't want to deter anyone from going to South Africa. It's one of the best places in the world, I think. And I would, yeah. I always, I was supposed to go back this year, but coronavirus happened and I am ser- seriously recommend people going. But yeah, these stories is like majority of the time the animals don't, they just want to be left alone. But certain mm-hmm. scenarios happen if humans get too close or something happens or these snakes were obviously just chilling and we both disturbed them in one way or another and so this happened yeah. um but yeah I mean most wildlife just wants to be left alone so mm. yeah and I think it's also like the more time you're spending in a place obviously your chances of something happening are going to increase right yes. like we both spent you know, more than just a little bit of time there. So eventually your chances of something crazy happening like that might happen. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Sarah was there in South Africa for three years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was only there for a total of four months. 
but a lot can happen because <laughs> because yeah. you know, where we were we were like um in the bush like it was just like we we're very isolated where we were in the bush and we would go camping a lot um which I feel like I'll talk about a story from we used to go camping like every week and it was like in a national park it was a national park right yeah, yeah private yeah. in a national park part of a national yeah. part of Kruger yeah part of Kruger um and so we would go camping every week and 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 where we were camping was like oops Sarah's on the wine cerebella (laughs) (laughs) and where we would go camping there was like no fences or anything to divide us our like tents and the wildlife so one one story I have about getting way too close to wildlife than I would have liked and not intentionally was um we were at the campsite and it was getting dark and it was like still a little bit of light, but yeah, it was definitely hard to say anything. And I went to go to the side of my tent to pull down my, you know, little uh, side window flap things that mm-hmm. on a tent. I was going to zip them up from the outside because it was super windy and it was going to rain. And as I was doing that, I stood over one of like the pegs where your tent goes in and I didn't have a torch with me. So I stood over this peg and I was kind of like had my body lower. I was like leaning down and no joke, probably only a meter away, maybe even less, was a fucking hyena right in front <laughs> of me. Its head was just like right there. And I was like at a similar level to it because I was leaning down. And I remember I stood back over the peg that I was on and was like, <gasps> like made this big gasp and stood still again, was just like, what the fuck do I do? But the hyena yeah. was terrified. The hyena, I could just see running away in the other direction like a scared <laughs> little dog because it. I must have yeah. freaked it out as well. But I just remember watching it run away and be like, in my mind, so confused. I was like, was that a dog? And I was like seeing it. You know, hyenas have a very distinctive kind of run. And I was yeah. like, no, that was a bloody hyena that I almost just kissed. Like, God. <laughs> it's like, oh. And they... They were always around the camp where we slept. It's because there was Um, food and stuff. Like, they they were just... Yeah. yeah. And I actually remember this reminded me. Yeah. There were a couple nights where I'd wake up because I'd hear stuff outside. Mm. And the hyenas would be, like, right outside your tent by the fire pit. Yeah. And you're so right. It's such a different perspective when you're on the same level than them. As them. When you're in a vehicle, everything looks smaller, obviously. And you Mm. feel you're above it you have more power but as soon as you're like laying in your tent and you see a hyena's head with their extreme jaw pressure it's like oh my god (laughs) that's huge oh yeah it's like I I remember hyenas always used to freak me out the most just I think the way they run is kind of eerie and like the sounds they make and I mean they're beautiful I have a lot of respect for them but I always was just like I yeah I don't know they're sneaky little things but that was something that I was like, that was far too close for comfort. I should have had a torch yeah. with me as well. I should have been carrying a torch, but um, lesson learned on that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe, while we're talking about that campground, mm. something I wasn't, I, it's not really necessarily a crazy wildlife encounter, mm. but it relates to it. Yeah. I just wanted to say, so I know not everyone can see me, but <laughs> I'm wearing a lion tooth right now. Mm-hmm as a necklace and it actually came from this same area that Roxy's talking about 
Um, so there were two female lions there who we were researching. They were sisters. And when, a, when new male lions entered the territory, they started fighting with these males because they were new, right? Um, and they got in a huge fight. And we went to look around where they were fighting because we saw all the blood and stuff after they had moved off. And I found one of the female's teeth in the sand. And that's like an insane find. Like people so who work cool. Yeah, people who work in the bush forever would like kill to come across something like that. It still had blood on it, like it was fresh. Um, so I ended up getting it made into a necklace and I did know which lioness it was. I would see her in later sightings missing her tooth. I kind of felt bad sometimes. I'd like see her trying to take down a buffalo or pick up her cubs and she'd be struggling. And it was Aww. like, whoa, I'm wearing that. <laughs> do, you, do you want it back? Like, <laughs> yeah. here you go. Do you want a hand? But it's one of the coolest things I think I have. It's so cool as well. Because I love it because if people see you wearing that, they might be like, is it real? Like, how did you get that? You know, like if you just found it in yeah. a store, like how did they get the lion tooth? But you can legit be like, I found it like in Africa and I knew which lion it came from. Like that's yeah. badass. That's so cool. It was KF2. I know. I was about <laughs> to say, no doubt, KF2. That was the code name. Yeah. Oh my God. I hope this, I hope this episode is interesting for people. This is just me. <laughs> this is me and Sarah reminiscing about life. Let I me, think it is, though. Like, they're crazy stories. They're so. insane. They're so cool. Do you have any stories that um, maybe we'll talk about some of the stories people have submitted to us? Do you have any that people wrote in? Yeah, they're not specific to South Africa, but actually my cousin, she has a couple crazy wildlife stories. Um, she's a pretty fearless person. Yeah, so she is. I'm not saying that's why, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just has these cool wildlife stories and one of them, uh, I don't, there's not necessarily like too much of a story around it mm. that I'm going to say, but she saw a tiger in India mm. in the wild. And the reason I think that is so friggin' cool is because tigers, their populations are so low. Like, mm. I think there's what, like 3,000 or something in the whole world? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, not it might have gone up, but something around there, like tiger populations are quite low now. And when they were going on this safari in India, everyone was like, don't get your hopes up. Like, no one ever sees tigers. They're very elusive and there's hardly any left. But in her mind, she just kept thinking, I'm going to see a tiger. I'm going wow. to see a tiger. And they ended up seeing one and had a really good sighting. Wow. Uh, I think it was a male tiger. And even their guide was so excited because you just never see tigers. It's so rare and so magical. So yeah, I wanted to share that because I thought that was pretty cool. It is so rare. When you told me that she'd seen a tiger in India, I was like, what? That's insane. Yeah. Like, yeah, because yeah. yeah, that it is super, super rare. Go Chantel. That's cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. Shout out to you. Oh yeah. I just said a name. Go Chantel. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, what about the stories that people sent you? Okay, well, uh, um, let me see. Oh, yeah, this one. So Sarah's, is it still your favorite? So Sarah's favorite animal is a leopard. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is a leopard. Leopard, leopard. Oh. We'll get to we that. Just, Don't we just worry. said leopard like a billion yeah. times. Oops, people drinking, sorry. <laughs> okay, so 
this is this story is from a girl called Leah. She said, I was working in South Africa once and lived in a small bush camp about 500 meters away from the main house. My supervisor and I were invited to the main house for a braai, which is barbecue. Later that night, we went back to the camp. Halfway to the camp, we suddenly heard a leopard warning call just a few meters in front of us. F that. Because we both forgot our torch, we couldn't see anything. We slowly backed up to the main house and got a car. The next morning, we went back to that place and found leopard tracks just a few meters away from the path. That is crazy. And do you know what she said to me after was that she's still never seen a leopard. Like during, (gasps) she's never seen a leopard still. So she got well. Like the fact that she didn't get mauled by that leopard is crazy. And she was saying like it's so scary how as humans as well, like we're terrible. Like we have no night vision, so they would have looked like little prey stumbling around in the dark not knowing what's going on and that leopard was just like right there and that sound if anyone's ever heard a leopard like make a call like that before it's amazing but it's also deeply terrifying (laughs) it is it really like vibrates through your whole body oh yeah um and it's like so exciting (laughs) sounds like I'm talking about sex but I am talking about To me, leopards are like sex. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Guys, this is an 18 plus like episode, so please, no children. I should have said that in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, or like turn Uh, that down. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like there's a saying that a leopard has seen you in the wild way more than you've seen a leopard. And it is definitely the by far the one animal that most people who've been to South Africa or Africa multiple times say I want to see a leopard I still haven't seen a leopard because they're so elusive Mm. um they're so independent they I mean you know like when we were doing our leopard research which was by far like my most my biggest passion there and like Mm. probably what I considered my purpose while I was there was the leopard research but we would track leopards so well we would do stakeouts where we would Mm. sit silently in cars for hours they would just walk circles around us. Like, you know, we would go check out a spot where we saw tracks and we'd be stepping on their tracks and then we'd go to follow them and go back to that spot and their tracks would be on top of our tracks. And oh. it's like, how are we not seeing you? We know you're here. I remember um, that. Mm. But that's what makes any leopard sighting amazing. Mm. And I think you are probably thinking about one of the most epic leopard sightings ever had more to do with that whole experience mm-hmm. and who the leopard was and what he put us through. Mm-hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about? Makulu. <laughs> Makulu, yes. <laughs> That's such words. Oh, oh my God. Makulu Boko, which translated to big ghost, mm-hmm. roughly, because he, he was huge. Massive. Like, his paws were like 13 centimeters. Um, <laughs> I can remember that. Like they were like lioness size paws. Yeah, I was about to say he was almost the size of a lioness, which is ridiculous. That's stupid. How big yeah, that is. and he was thick. Like he had a huge neck. He was yeah. so powerful. Um, and we started getting him on cameras that we had set up mm. around. And as soon as we saw photos and his paw, his tracks, we were like, "This leopard is massive," mm. which 
kind of it was the beginning of the whole leopard project there. Mm-hmm. Um, it sparked something huge. I would go on the weekends. I didn't take a day off. I would take any time I could to be in in that area looking for that leopard. Yeah. And, you know, marking his tracks and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I know, Roxy, you were there and I was there when we finally got our first sighting of him. Yeah, he was beautiful. Terrifying, but beautiful. Like, and he was big. It's huge, his head. I was like, oh my God, is that a leopard? Like, you're massive. I was about to say, Sarah, you haven't had a drink in a while. Have a sip. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I think I think that's the other thing that people for sure who have been to Africa will can really relate to is when you're going on drive, that, that experience of, like, tracking the animals and then when you eventually find them, especially if it's something like a leopard, as you said, they're, they're more elusive, so... They don't hang out in, you know, pride like lions do. So to find them by themselves is, like, very, very cool. Um, Speaking of lions, I have a lion story that somebody submitted, which I want to, I want to say because it's crazy. I'm really glad he's still alive. So (laughs) it's from Adam. He said, myself, uh, myself, a group of students and a guide were driving in South African bush when we get a call about two lionesses. And either cubs or juvenile males, they couldn't tell, on a kill. We went to find mm-hmm. the kill using the telemetry. Is that how you say it? Telemetry? Yeah. The little tracking yeah. thing? Yeah. Which works by using a number system of one, which is far away, and ten being like on top of them. So he said, we arrived at thick bush next to a riverbed where they had been sighted. And myself and the guide got out to find the lions, so meaning they were on foot. The rest of the group stayed in the vehicle. We started on about an eight So they were very close. So about 20, 30 meters away. We started walking and before we knew it, we're on the level 10. So they're walking (laughs) and pretty much stumbled into these lions. He said, we stopped, looked around and saw a cub lion under the bush in front of us. But in a second glance, it was an uncollared juvenile male. There, now there are two of them. So where was the second? It was two meters to my left sleeping in the grass. He popped his head up, Uh made a noise And myself and the guide slowly exited the bush. (laughs) Probably peeing themselves. (laughs) Honestly, thank God that they they had just, like, eaten. Maybe they were too full to, like, get up or whatever. But, like, two metres away in the bush. And the thing is, is when he sent me that, I was like, I understand how hard it can be to see lions because they, especially in the grass, if it's really dry in South Africa, they just blend in completely to the... Mm-hmm. surrounding so it's just like really hard I've heard stories of people s- literally stumbling into a pride of lions which you never want to be and it's like yeah. how they survive is beyond me I don't get it yeah yeah they're I think a lot of people it lions are epic yes um there's a reason you know people call them king of the jungle and stuff they really are epic animals the fact that it's a big cat that 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 is that huge and they all hang out in a group together. Yeah. I mean, they are amazing. Um, and the things like male lions have to go through to actually survive and like yeah. take over territory yeah. is also insane. That being said, it's, you know, if you see lions during the day, a lot of the time, all they're doing is laying there with bellies full, just mm-hmm. laying in the sun, like big old cats. And you, yeah, you don't always get that epic sighting, but they are definitely epic animals. And when you do get an epic sighting, it's so worth it. Absolutely. I have one story about lions, which was epic, but also terrifying at the same time. 
So we were we were in the car, so we we're on like yeah on a drive, and we knew that there was um, these lionesses, and they had cubs with them, and it was just the lionesses and the cubs, and so we went on drive to go find them, and we could see them, and we're like, oh my god, the cubs are so cute. They were like they were not juvenile yet, but they were getting bigger, so they were getting a bit more yeah. cheeky and independent and stuff, and so. Also, I'll just say that there sometimes with with guides is that they want to please the people who are on drive, and so sometimes they can get too close because mm. they want to see the animals, which I don't. It's not. It's not a great thing to to do, really, yeah. because it's it's that fine line between wanting to find the animals and have a great sighting, but also like your safety. And yeah. so we were driving, and we did like this big circle to give them enough room to know that hey, we're just looking at you guys. But the guide started to drive a bit closer towards the lioness. Mm. And so the cubs were already in front of the lioness and she was closest to the car. And she turned around and started growling at us. And she would have been maybe 20 20 metres away maybe. And she started growling at us. And because the cubs were behind her but, like, were obviously too close for her and she was saying, like, back off. And and then she just, out of nowhere – well, not out of nowhere, but I didn't think she was going to do this. She started charging. She started running Crazy. towards our car. And no joke, I was, like, frozen. I could not believe how fast she was running. And thank God the guide had the sense of mind to – he whacked on the side of the vehicle, which had made, like, a really big bang. And he started swearing at the, at the lion in Afrikaans and was just, like, swearing at her and making really loud sounds. And so she stopped and was just growling at us and looking at us like, don't fuck with me. And she eventually walked off with the rest of them. And I remember being like, if he didn't do something, she would have just jumped. There was no, we have no roof in this car. Like she could have easily jumped into the car and taken him. I was like, that was too close. Like I was kind of annoyed because I was like, holy shit, we almost all were just dinner and... I didn't yeah. Know. Yeah. So that was that was too close for comfort for me, but it was also like you got to respect them. You got to give them their space. Mm-hmm. Like respect they, the wild. They do put you in your place. It's another animal like elephants that really put you in your place. I just I have memories going through my head right now of being in a vehicle, and even when the lions walk by your vehicle. Mm. Um, and they're pretty close and they just there's this look that they do sometimes they just turn their head and look at you and even though they say they can't like distinguish individuals like sometimes it feels like they're just looking right in your eyes on the vehicle and that almost with this look of disgust like Mm. you have no idea and it really just makes you feel so small and vulnerable and you remember like yeah, you know I'm just part of a larger whole here. Mm. (laughs) I think that's why people well, it's certainly why I really love being in Africa because it's that sense of wild and that sense mm-hmm. of being a part of the food chain, really, and like yeah. being like put in your place and be like, look, if you take away our guns and our machines and our cars, we're like at the very bottom of the bloody food chain. Like, pretty much <laughs> anything can kill us and like do whatever. Like, so yeah. it's it's a very humbling experience. Yeah, humbling and very, it almost connects us to our deeper roots, I guess. Mm. Like, like you said before, we had guns and all this technology. There were 
all over these epic animals that were huge and you really had to learn how to live with them yeah to live <laughs> and it, it does remind you of that I mean, kind of kudos to humans for surviving and, yeah. and yeah. really surviving and not going extinct because we must have been doing something right. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you have a do you have another story, Sarah, that you want to share? I guess maybe I'll just talk about one one more mm-hmm. uh, to do with leopards again. Yes. <laughs> so it was uh, we were headed out on an evening drive, mm-hmm. um, which can either be super boring because you don't see anything and it's dark People and cold asleep. or it can be <laughs> the most epic thing ever yeah. because everything is out and active. Um, and when we started off this evening drive, we came across some rhinos and a young rhino calf, black rhino and white wine, rhino and the wino, white wino. No, sitting in the same place, and that was beautiful. Mm. I'm sure many people have heard about the poaching of rhinos, which is heartbreaking. So it, they really are like a prehistoric yes. species, and it it's always feels beautiful when you have a nice encounter with them. So we started with that, and then we were we wanted to find hyena because we knew there were hyena in this area. We'd seen their tracks, mm-hmm. um, but we'd never actually seen them there. So we wanted to just have a sighting of them to confirm for sure they were around. Uh, So we were driving around. We ended up coming across lions uh, that had just moved into this area. They weren't actually put in that area on purpose. They just kind of escaped and gone rogue. So that was cool. We were with these young lions um, and then they got up to move around. It's getting towards night. They're ready to be active. So we're like, sweet, they're going to do something. So we're just following them around. Uh, And then we see a leopard ahead. So the lions haven't caught up with us yet, but we see a leopard on the side of the road. One of the reasons why it's such an important sighting to me is because this leopard was one of the cubs of that big, huge male leopard that we're talking about. Um, We're pretty sure anyway. We saw him mating with a female and it was definitely her cubs. So it could be his cubs as well. So I'm already super pumped up because I know it's yeah. <laughs> likely Chila Makulu's daughter. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. But then the lions see her. And so she's pretty young and she's just sitting there right on the side of the road, not moving. And the female lions just start circling around here. And all of a sudden one jumps, like leaps towards her. And she just, the leopard took off and ran through the bush. And the lions chase after her, but they didn't get her, and which is good. But in my head, I'm just like, that's epic. Like two of my favorite animals just chasing each other. Um, and then we carried on and we saw a hyena for the first time. Wow. So it was like an epic night drive. That is like that the, is ideal the ideal night drive. Like to be yeah. able to see all that activity. Because yeah, night drives can either be super boring, you see nothing, and like half the people in the back of the car are already asleep. And, and the, <laughs> the other thing annoying about night drives, I remember, is you've got a big torch. And if you're holding the torch, all the bugs are coming straight at you. (laughs) But night drives can also be awesome because, yeah, um, more animals will, uh, you know, do kills or they'll be way more active. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely awesome. Well, these have been some pretty, pretty crazy stories. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, man. Well, I I don't have any other stories to, to say, but um 
I would just like to point out that, again, South Africa is a very cool place and I know we would both recommend if you haven't gone to definitely go and support ecotourism and, um, yeah, support people, especially when coronavirus is over and we can all travel mm-hmm. again. Definitely, definitely go because, as Sarah mentioned, um, poaching is a huge thing and the legal wildlife trade is a huge thing in South Africa and um, uh, what basically helps fund people keep these awesome conservation projects um, afloat is tourism. So, yeah. If you're planning on going, yeah. I would really recommend it. Yeah, me too. I can't I can't say it any better. It's mm-hmm. an amazing place. And mm-hmm. once you go, it'll be stuck in your heart forever. It, it really is. And I know everyone I've, I've spoken to who's been to Africa, they just say it's like, for me, it's almost like a, like a deep ancestral, almost like, I don't even know how to describe it. It just feels like home. Coming somehow. home. Coming home. Yeah. I don't really know how to describe <laughs> it, but it's just, it's, um, it's a sense that I feel like other people who have been to Africa understand. And they're just like, yeah, I get you. So yeah, yeah. guys, thank you for submitting your stories. We didn't get through all of them, but, um, yeah, thank you for submitting the stories and yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. And if you were drinking along, I'm proud of you guys. That was <laughs> pretty much it. Let us know how that went. Yeah, let us let us know how that went. And um yeah, we'll catch you we'll catch you next episode, guys. Yeah, see you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Mindful and the Messy. If you would like to keep in touch, you can find us on Instagram. Roxy Rogan, which is R-O-G-A-N, and Sarah is at Sacred by Sarah. Thanks so much and talk again soon. Mm-hmm.